Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Marty alongside Dave. Hello. And John. Hello. Uh, no Aaron tonight. Uh, there's always one person missing, isn't there, this this last two weeks. So um, Aaron's this week's um, healthy scratch, unfortunately, can't join us tonight. Or is he healthy? He's an unhealthy. Um, he's an unhealthy yeah. scratch. He's unhealthy. on the injured reserve list. Yeah, he was uh, blaming his son today for bringing in unknown foreign bacteria into his house because of crash and stuff so yeah dangerous he's he's not here he's not here because he failed the uh infectious disease protocol for podcasting (laughs) except we're doing it online so it doesn't really um apply but yeah sure enough uh dave how are you i'm all good i'm all good 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 and john anything strange exciting with you uh yeah as it turns out uh, i think i am totally allowed now to reveal that uh some big news that uh, me and my wife have, and that is that we are expecting our first little baby. And we went for the scans yesterday. Everything looks good, and yeah, exciting times. Worrying, but exciting times. Yeah, I um, I was gonna ask. Um, I meant to ask before coming on to this show, um, if it was okay to talk about it or not. Um, and I forgot to ask. So yes, congratulations. Um, yeah, Thank massive you congratulations to both you and Catherine. Um. It's pretty exciting uh you're about to join um the the other two and becoming a father um so exciting times exciting times yeah starting start to price up tiny jerseys <laughs> well i think the tradition has to be i think the tradition is that um i have to buy the first jersey i think um because that's what i've done yeah. for the other kids so that's the tradition so um the first jersey will be on me um so we'll get that sorted before the end of the season well, i mean so. just just to be just to be 100 percent, my, yeah. my kid wears nothing but the prospect jersey so stitch all oh, right okay all right, that, right, so. right okay um yeah <laughs> I, I don't know if they do the kid sizes in the pro ones but we'll see we'll have a look um but yes no congratulations um massive congratulations to you both um thank you is, very much um dave um you were very quiet you just you had nothing else nothing else to add to the no, it's just uh, going through the the you know, the usual. And there's, I'm not, my news isn't obviously nowhere near as important as somebody else's. I'm just working away. Good <laughs> That's all right. I I did laugh though at the start of that. Um, that, that when you first announced that, John, that you're um you're you announced it there because um, Dave put up. We're using a new software tonight, so if there's any issues with the recording, we apologize. It's a trial run with a new. So software. it's it's all my fault. Yeah, it's all it's all Dave's fault. Um, but it, there's a little ticker thing at the bottom, and you put up the the little ticker as soon as he said that, and I couldn't help but laugh when I seen the ticker at the bottom. I was like, it's, it's going to catch me off every single time tonight. So, um, but yes, hopefully, fingers crossed, everything works okay. So this is a this is a pre-announcement to say apologies if anything breaks. Um, guys, if it's okay with you guys, what we'll do is we will start into our show as we normally do and take a quick look at the uh, league standings. Um, currently, how things are shaping up across the league here in the UK as well as across the pond in the NHL. Uh, so we're going to start here in the UK with the Elite Ice Hockey League. I should say the Premier Sports Ice, Elite Ice Hockey League. Uh, sitting on top with 12 games played and 18 points is the Sheffield Steelers, followed by the Cardiff Devils in second with 12 games played and 17 points. 
Guildford sit in third with 14 games and 17 points. Belfast are in fourth with 11 games played and 12 points. Coventry are in fifth with 10 games played and 11 points. Manchester in sixth with 14 games played and 11 points. Nottingham are in seventh there with nine games played and 10 points. And Fife are sitting in eighth with 13 games and 10 points. Glasgow then are sitting in ninth with six games and seven points. Obviously, a lot less games because they've only really started their season in the last uh, three weeks and Dundee Stars sit at the bottom 10th with 13 games and seven points uh, let's get your thoughts and opinions um, on the standings as it cur- as they currently are uh, Dave we're going to start with you first um, what's your thoughts let's look at the top of the top of the league there the top of the standings uh, like, give me your thoughts yeah um, we're starting to see some uh quality getting string together you know a couple of um good wins from the top uh, the top guys there obviously the giants falling foul to the devils at the weekend um and that you can see then you can start to see a little bit of form coming together um from those uh, top two guys the the middle of the the pack i think is still like we were talking about uh, last week or uh, two weeks ago that it's just anyone's game at the minute um and I could just go either way. And then we're now starting to see Fife string a couple of wins together, which have has really changed their sort of outlook on the season. Um, that for a while there, it was looking like it was going to be a dire one. And now they've, they've stringed a few few games together and got their, they got their first away win um, in Nottingham. I think they're maybe making that up. So, you know, it, it's a, it makes a big make big difference to the, the confidence of the team. So they should continue. Um and then we're just waiting on, uh, obviously Glasgow. We know they can do it. They got their first, was it their first uh, road win as well? Or am I making that up? Could be. Um, but they, um, you know, we know that they can win, and then we'll hopefully we'll see that happen. So because they're still languishing there in ninth. So yeah, John. Um, you know, Dave touched upon it there. Uh, middle of the pack. Uh, so we're talking, you know, Belfast, Coventry, Manchester, kind of middle of the pack there. Um, obviously as Belfast Giants fans, we're. We've got our own opinions on what's happening there. Um, but give me your thoughts in terms of what you're thinking. Yeah, I mean, for us to be in the middle of the pack, I think that's exactly where I'd expect the Giants to be right now based on the, the results that we've seen. Um, we we look squarely middle of the pack right now, um, coming off a zero-point weekend um, away to Cardiff. We look at the Cardiff games and that's the that's the test. That's where we need to be competing for points. Like those need to be close games. And don't get me wrong, it looked like a close enough game, but problem problems with travel and everything that the team had aside, those are games that need to be closer than four two losses and closer in I didn't see the game, I've seen the highlights. It didn't look like a close game. It never looked like a close game. Um, again, there was lots of other issues with that one, but then coming back um, against Dundee the next night, totally granted that we had to travel again. It wasn't a full home advantage, um, but Dundee had to travel as well, and we got schooled on our own ice. I was the only one of us who was able to make that game, and it was awful. Like It was actually awful to watch, and you could tell the players were flat, and the crowd was flat, and it, just, it was it was a tough 60 minute watch if I'm honest other sorry it was a tough 59 minute watch the last 90 seconds were exciting because the Giants then appeared and started playing but by then it was way too late um elsewhere actually uh Kiefer actually put a thing in the telly there this week or obviously after the game um and he was saying that he would have expected a team that he coaches to 
take out that loss in Cardiff against the team the next night. So you, we, he would have expected the, the 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 Giants to turn around against Dundee and basically stick their boots in, and he didn't get it. That's why he wasn't overly happy. He, he says well, he's not as any, uh, any coach couldn't be happy with that because not only it was a second loss on the trot, it was a, a loss like that at home. Mm-hmm. That's that's not the sort of loss that we should be taking in the SSE arena. That's that's a, an awful loss to take. Um, and I joked around with you because um, I wasn't 100% if I was going to make that game. Um, me and my wife were heading out to go and get the Christmas tree, of all things, and she was feeling pretty ropey with the pregnancy and everything. So I didn't take a jersey with me, thinking I was going to either go home and pick up a jersey or whatever, but we ended up leaving the tree in the car and going to the game, so I had no jersey. So I picked up my... It's kind of sitting behind me here, this thing. This jersey that's great I'm never for, that's, it again. that's great for a podcast it's not visual but okay yeah yep. I'm, Sorry, well, I never I mean, um I'm, I'm never wearing <laughs> it again that that this thing is going to stay as a, a work seat warmer that's that's all it's going to do from now on um until i decide to mount it but yeah and then elsewhere in the table um we'll talk about it later on but it's absolutely no surprise to see the sheffield steelers at the top because they seem to be chemically enhanced <laughs> <laughs> we will come back to that later on in the, uh, the penalty box segment there there will be a discussion around that um sheffield there do seem to be obviously i don't know they i i don't i don't know if it's they obviously responding quite quickly to injury um there as well like when there's an as soon as someone goes down with an injury they suddenly have someone lined up to come in and take the spot or they ha- suddenly have and someone I, thought, so- I, I don't know it just seems to be so quick i thought the roster restrictions this year were going to stop that revolving door in sheffield but, but apparently uh, it doesn't seem to no because and you, it's all to do with this injured reserve that's it um rule so i know that brendan Connolly, for example looks like he's on long-term injured mm-hmm. reserve yeah, yeah. um and they're just not taking them off that because no. technically it doesn't count as one of their changes if he's still on the injured reserve so i don't know can he stay on the injured reserve the whole season correct yeah i mean they they can um obviously they keep him on there the whole season but it just means they they'll have to make sure they're paying him for the whole season for being yeah. on the list whereas mm-hmm. you know i think the idea was that if someone was injured enough that they would have to be let go or if there's an issue where the player had to be had to leave the team for whatever reason then that's whenever it's classified as one of those roster changes, I think. But as long as they keep them on a injury reserve, and I, I think they're only allowed a certain number though on the injury reserve, is my, if I remember correctly, was that one of the rules as well? So they're only allowed a maximum of was it three or something on the injury reserve or something like that, or you I can take someone so, off. It, it seems it seems at this point that they've got more in the injury reserve than they've got demon. Yeah, I mean it's crazy, but Sheffield are definitely um, in form, I suppose. Um, as you were kind of saying, I just want to touch upon the Giants as well. Um, I. Yeah, we weren't at the game on on Sunday, as you as you mentioned, John. Um, and I think one of the things that I've been reading, which I'm not really too surprised about, because I've only really seen uh, the counteract of this, I suppose, once so far this season at home. And that's again, I'm reading a lot of people's response. And again, I have to take it with a pinch of salt because I wasn't there. But you can maybe tell me, tell me um, if if it's if it you know if if it's different. But like a lot of people were saying that, just again, it was another game where there was no bite. There was just no go. There was no like response there was just it just seemed like a lot of players just seem to be either stuck in the mud or just not moving quite well or just quite slow or sluggish or is that right would that be is that what uh, yeah, yeah so the team the team was flat uh, it was very flat it was very low energy and like all credit to them dundee came out and took advantage of that um very early um dundee looked to be the team with the jump they looked to be the team most likely through the first two periods that were going to come out with the win uh, i think 
period parts of the second period the Giants were on top, but again it was I think it was more down to Dundee potentially tiring more than it was the Giants actually coming through. When they got the the goal to go um was it three one or three two sorry three two um the Giants really picked up um but no it was just it was just flat or sorry it must sorry it must have been to go four two um it looked flat or I can't even remember the score anyway never mind never mind the score the last the last ninety seconds um it it they took a jump um the, the game in three two. I really, I wasn't even engaged with the game, if I'm honest. It, it, it was really hard to watch. I also seen a crazy statistic from the weekend, something along the lines of um, it was one of the highest shot counts um, that's ever been recorded at the at the at the Giants game in the uh, in the SSE Arena, supposedly. Um, something like I think I read somewhere between ninety to hundred shots on goal um, over the course of that game, and only that was uh, such a small amount of those were changed over to goal. So it's a really scary thought when you think about, obviously, it's, well, it's a clear indication that it's obviously I think, I think a problem it was, up front. I think it was about 100, I think it was about 100 shots on goal over the weekend, over the two games oh, right, for okay. the Giants. Oh, it's crazy though when you um, think about it. But even that, even if, even if it was, that was statistic for over the weekend. I mean, four, four goals. Four goals for 100, 100 shots. That's that, that tells you all you need to know. There's obviously difficulties we're, in the forward we're making, It's It's not so much, it's the shot counts, like, yeah, I would take shots on goal rather than no shots on goal, but they've got to be quality shots on goal and they're just not right now. We're making netminders like Carruth in uh, in Cardiff is a brilliant netminder, but we make him look even better uh, by putting those low percentage shots on him. Every every goalie is just gonna is gonna scoop those up, absolutely no problem. Um and yeah, that's it's it's tough to watch um like that. And like you say, that no bounce, no energy, and that really transferred in. You had a crowd, you had multiple things riding on this game. We had lost the night before, we had Dundee at home, and this was the first time playing them since the Haas incident a few weeks ago, and Haas was only back on the ice. This was his first game back. Now, admittedly, Haas didn't look like he was coming out. He wasn't looking to come out after anyone for uh, having taken his ban or whatever, but equally, the Giants didn't look to make Dundee answer for that hit or make Haas in particular answer for that hit in Dundee and they didn't look to make Dundee answer for their loss the night before in Cardiff it's just everything put together it's it's still early to say it's worrying and all the chat that's been going on online about the coaching staff needs to be looked at and all the rest of I mean anyone saying that they need to yeah. wind their neck in yeah. I mean Kiefer yeah. Kiefer is a bloody good coach and he's yeah. one of the best coaches in did, the league I did see the that the problem is on the ice right now yeah I did see that as a comment and I kind of thought to myself someone's having a laugh just you know wind your neck in as a, a perfect Northern Irish phrase um, yeah I just thought I think you're I think someone is really needs to have needs to really be looking at themselves and understand something like that um, I think it's just uncalled for um guys before we move on to the our next part of, of the league which is the challenge cup i just wanted to kind of uh, obviously a notable mention the guildford flames you know they're they're holding their holding themselves well there in third um i mean the started off with a great performance so far this season um again no dis no disrespect at all but are we surprised uh dave um i i i, I want to say i am but I'm, I'm probably not based on their performance they had in the cup um, over the last couple of years, um, we know they're a, a team with great compete. Um, and I think it's just taken them a little bit of time to translate the, translate that to the league. Um, 
but I'm, I'm really happy to see a shake up in general if it means the you know okay Nottingham's down there um Guildford's up we're not in the the top three it would be nice if we were but it's it's lovely seeing um, a bit of a shake up in the league. For I was looking back at uh, photos and you know remembering games when we first started, and it was like the same four at the top of every every game. And yes, okay, that was it was good because the Giants were in the mix, but it's still not like it's it's not good for the sport when that happens. Um, so it's only it's only a good thing seeing different uh, teams rising up there. And uh, John, um, we'll we'll take another look at we were talking about surprise standings. Um, uh, Nottingham sitting there in seventh place. Um, granted, they've only played nine games, so they are a couple of games behind everybody else. Uh, if we look at like the, between them and Sheffield, that's what three games and a difference there. You know, sitting in seventh place with ten points. Um, again, hard to tell because obviously there's a game play, you know goal different or games played difference there, um, but. I mean, surprising there or not surprising, or again, is it hard to tell? I, I, honestly, I don't know. Without having seen the Panthers play yet this season, um, Giants have only played them away, um, haven't played them at home. That said, this week, um, I'm actually heading to Glasgow um, with the wife, and she's out on Friday, which gives me an opportunity actually to go and see uh, the clan play the Panthers. Um, in Brayhead so nothing better than going to games in neutral because I don't really care as far as I'm concerned they can knock seven shades out of each other um, but it gives me an opportunity to see what the Panthers are, are looking like this year um, which will be nice kind of knowing roughly where Glasgow are in comparison to us knowing that sort of we're pretty much on the same level Glasgow have been really interesting so far in the few games they've played so to get an idea where we might be looking uh, we've also just had one blowout win against them uh, but I don't think that's going to be the case. They, I think, if I remember right, they answered our shutout win in Nottingham with a shutout win in Cardiff, mm-hmm. if I remember right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we're in this any given night, anyone can win type situation, but we're starting to get a, a greater idea of the character of different teams. I think at this point, like you asked about Guildford, I think at one point in the weekend, they were actually sitting top of the league. They're now currently sitting third, but I think that gives you an idea of the character of that team and the character of the team that Paul Dixon has put in place. And I've always got a lot of respect for that team. Um, you look at the Challenge Cup final uh, that they made against us, and that was a, a close close fought thing with um i think it was jordan smotherman ended up when getting the game winning goal for us that night um obviously has no impact on this season but um nottingham i couldn't care less uh I, to be honest i'd be quite happy if they came 10th <laughs> um you led us into a nice segue into our, our next topic um and that's the challenge cup obviously uh, the challenge cup we talked on our last episode there's still one game left to play between um sheffield and nottingham and that concluded this past weekend um, when Sheffield and Nottingham faced off uh, in the Challenge Cup uh, and upon the conclusion of the Challenge Cup then it uh, obviously cemented the final matchups for the quarterfinals which are due to be played in January I believe Um, so upon the conclusion we obviously had the Giants, Devils, Blaze, Stars, Flyers, Flames, Panthers and the Steelers moving into those quarterfinals and the matchups look as follows. So Belfast uh, will be taking on the Coventry Blaze, Sheffield Steelers will be taking on the Five Flyers Cardiff Devils will be taking on Dundee Stars and Guildford Flames will take on the Nottingham Panthers. Um, Dave, we'll start with you. Uh, matchups there. Um, any of them, I mean, any of those you think will be a, a surprise, any any surprise um, 
you think there'll be any surprise winners in any of any of those matchups? Any any uh, shall we say think, giant killers? I think the Giants are. Probably, I think the Giants are in with the, probably the toughest one in my opinion. Um, Coventry Blaze have been mixed bag this season, but we'll be going in. I don't think we've played them yet, um, so we could be going in. No, blind, I think we have. I think, we've, I think we've played them away. Oh, have we? Um, so it could be a, it could be a, an interesting one. It'll be good. Or it'll be good to see how uh, Nottingham do with having the first um, their first leg at home. You know, normally they would be expecting to come in as the one to four seed, um, and they're having to they're the now the fifth seed. So um, see if that actually makes a difference. Well, people think it does. Um, obviously, it is nice to have your um, uh, your team playing the second leg at home. Because you know what you need to do, you know, with your home advantage. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Um, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, John, um, my question to you was: uh, obviously, this year it looks like it, it was drawn differently. This year, in previous previous seasons, they had done it. The if I remember correctly, was that the uh, seeded teams got to pick the team they wanted to play. So, if you ended first, you got to pick your first. You got to pick first, second. You got to pick second and third. Blah blah blah, so on. Uh, it looks like this time around, it's just been first seed plays eighth seed, second plays uh, second plays seventh, third will play sixth, and fourth play fifth. I uh, think this is a better way of doing it. Honestly, at this point, the Challenge Cup's so broken, I don't really care. Um, honestly, I, I'm too lazy to go back through Elite League press releases, but I honestly thought that that was how it was still going on. So whenever the Panthers and Steelers game finished and the Elite League came straight out, I was still expecting some kind of selection. So I was mm, expecting a so really janky Skype video recording with the top four coaches saying back. who... Well, not even the Marches back. No, it's not really random. They, they, they get they get to pick. Yeah, well, they, they just got to pick the teams. Yeah, because what happened? I think they I think they got to pick the teams after the the whole debacle with the whole bag thing, and they were like, "We need to do this better <laughs> way." I do remember something last year, though. I remember um, last year's Challenge Cup draw. They had, as you say, like a really but not last year, the year before. Sorry, two thousand. Uh, obviously, it wasn't one last year. Two thousand and nineteen. One season 19, ago. 20, one just season put it ago. that way. One season ago, anyway, whatever it was. I think it was, if I remember correctly, they um they obviously had thoughts on um obviously for the Giants picking the team that obviously the Giants wanted, and it was really like I think Thorts even said himself like, you know he's asked a question or whatever, and he just kind of looked at the camera being like, of course it was going to be this like why like why would it be anybody different you know and it was kind of like it was kind of like yeah and I think they I think they they all kind of were at the same kind of thing of it like it just it doesn't make any sense by letting you know of course you're going to go with you know certain teams so I think this way maybe does work out better um we'll see it does it does but we're still in the situation that i think if i remember rightly our first leg is in a couple of weeks in coventry um middle middle of december our home leg is not until a random tuesday yeah in january january i think it's like around but is it that um, week the, what it's it's like the third week or something of january i think i read something like that um so it's just the Challenge Cup. I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm not even. I'm not going to go into it because <laughs> I'll end up with a three-hour podcast again nope. because it's just stupid. Yeah, that's not. Let's not waste any more time on the Challenge Cup. Then we'll we'll get moved on, um, and we'll switch across. Uh, we'll switch our focus over to the over across the pond to the NHL. Um, we'll start looking at that. Obviously, we are a couple of weeks into it now, um, so it's kind of a good time to kind of start looking at things. Obviously, we know. Uh, 
you know, in the NHL, it's it's all about the playoffs, but obviously league standings help towards that. So we'll we'll take a look at them anyway. Um, we'll look at we'll take a breakdown of the, the different divisions and what things are standing at the currently. So we're looking at the Eastern uh, Division and the Metropolitan, sorry, Eastern Conference Metropolitan Division. Uh, you do so, that every podcast, I do it every time. Uh, sitting <laughs> sitting in first place is Washington Capitals, twenty three games played and thirty three points, and Carolina are in second with twenty one games played and thirty one points. New York are in third with 20 games played and 29 points. Uh, looking at the Atlantic Division then, Florida sit top there with 22 games played and 33 points. And the Toronto Maple Leafs sit in second with 23 games played and 33 points. Tampa sit in third with 21 games and 28 points. Switching across to the Western side of things and looking at the Central Conference or Central Division. Uh, Minnesota sitting first with 20. Uh, what, sorry, hang on. Sorry. Sorry, yes, that's correct. Minnesota sitting first with 22 games played and 31 points. Uh, I mean, it's shocking, isn't it? But Yeah, yeah I had to look there happened? twice. I know, I had to look there twice. Uh, St. Louis, St. Louis sitting second with 22 games played and 27 points. And Nashville sit in third with 22 games and 25 points. Uh, sitting in Pacific then division and Calgary sit first with 20 games played, 31 points. Edmonton are in second with 20 games played and 30 points. And Anaheim in 23. Uh, third position with uh, 23 games played and 27 points um dave um let's go with you let's i mean you must be a happy yeah. right now um i genuinely have really good games too. you can clearly see i haven't looked at the table at all since our last recording um that is a that took me by surprise yeah they they've had a strong a good run of form there four wins and they beat um winnipeg seven one um big thumping um and then they beat uh tampa 4-1 um so they've you know strung a couple of good wins together they've had a run of home games hence the string of the wins together um and it's uh i think a lot of it falls on hartman um one of our sort of veteran defensemen um showing a bit of leadership with uh spurgeon out uh injured so um yeah seems good yeah uh, uh john what about yourself Thoughts on the NHL? Um, well, just looking at the, the Preds alone, we've been really up and down uh, with results. Uh, you just have to look at the last two, for example, a 6-2 loss um, to the Avs, followed then by a 6-0 grubbing of the Blue Jackets, including a four-goal game for uh, the captain, uh, Forsberg, which is just mental. Hasn't had a four-goal ga- four game since he was in Peewee. Um and yeah, we absolutely hammered them. So it's no surprise that we're in. Th- I mean, it might actually be a surprise that we're in that third position um, in in the division. But um, yeah, hot and cold, and I really couldn't tell you where the rest of the season is going to go for the Preds at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some some surprising big names, some surprising teams uh, in in. I suppose in positions that you wouldn't have imagined them being in. Um, I know the New York Islanders. Um, Sitting there with or now currently on a an eight game losing streak, um, sitting in bottom place there in the um metropolitan division and Philadelphia. I mean Philly, Flyers. We talked about them. Arm was flying high with Flyers last week or the or two weeks ago. Um, you know, yeah. doing quite well, and they've obviously had a massive slump. Moved into a minus twelve differential. I've uh, lost the last two games, and they're sitting currently in seventh place. I mean, bad times, bad showings, but also the likes of Boston. Boston's another name. Um. Boston currently sitting in fifth place um, in in the Atlantic Division. Um, performance wise, have been 
pretty poor this season so far. I mean, I'm sure they're surprised themselves sitting where they are, sitting in fifth place. And I think the other team did make note of that was quite surprising was, um, was you know, Vancouver, the Canucks sitting in bottom place in the Pacific Division now under Seattle. Um, not saying Seattle's coming good because that's that's not what I'm saying here. But because um, they're not, they're not. Obviously, they've improved slightly since the last time, the last our last recording. Because in our last recording, they were sitting bottom of the of their uh, Pacific Division. But um, that's now been taken pride of place by Vancouver. It's a bit surprising. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's all it's it's obviously still coming up towards the the winter sl- the winter um you know into the middle of the 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 winter playing season here in the middle of the winter games and. Uh, heading towards January time, we'll obviously be talking about the Olympics coming up um, again um, later in this episode. But um, I mean, we're going to be coming towards. Obviously, we're playing towards that win- that winter break, shall we say? And um, when we come towards the the Olympic break as well, so um, it'll be interesting to see where we are sitting when it comes to uh, mid January for the NHL. Um, okay. Hopefully, the Islanders can keep their COVID situation under control and they can actually play some games. I seen that today. Actually, there was a lot of. Um, a lot of teams starting to take hits with COVID today. I seen the was the uh, general manager for oh where would I see it for? Um, was it Boston's general manager actually has um been put on co- uh, COVID protocol and is no longer uh, can't um take to the bench and stuff because of COVID protocols. Um, and I think there was uh one of the practices this week for um. I think it was was it St. Louis or somewhere. Um, they one of their, their their practice rink had to be closed again as well this week. Um, and practices have been cut short because of cool protocols there too. Um, so yeah, it's starting to kind of obviously show it a rear its head now at this point. Um, but yep. uh, yeah, we'll see what how things go, how things progress. Um, guys, what I'll do is um, we'll leave it at that. We'll round up um our preamble, shall we say, our our. our pre-game talk um, and what we'll do is we'll get stuck straight into our period one of hockey okay period one of hockey is a roundup of local coverage from across the uk um i wasn't a lot i didn't have there's one main story to talk about and actually john you've brought this story um to our attention today um there wasn't a lot of stories this week for 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 period one so um i'll pass over to you for um the story from the scottish ice hockey um board um and also the ihuk official statement that's been released today yeah, uh, just to be clear, there is plenty to talk about in local coverage, but it's all pretty much down in the penalty box, so we'll get to that. Well, yeah, that's um, true. But mean, meanwhile, um, yeah, things have taken a strange turn in Scotland. Um, for uh, the the board of Scottish Ice Hockey have uh, announced a couple of days ago, I think I'm right in thinking it was maybe Monday, um, the entire board uh, from Chairman David Hand all the way down have walked away uh, and have resigned their positions with immediate effect, effectively leaving the SIH and Scottish Ice Hockey without a governing body. Um, They said that um, due to um, problems in the landscape of SIH with it not being able to function properly because of um, missed opportunities about becoming a standalone national governing body, um, they felt that their positions were no longer tenable uh, and they all took the decision, every member took the decision to walk away um, and leave the sport in Scotland and one little corner of uh, Donald without uh, a governing body. Um, a couple of days later, jumped to um, literally about two hours ago, 
Um, and we get a statement from Ice Hockey UK regarding uh, ice hockey in Scotland and Northern Ireland. Again, by Northern Ireland, they mean a tiny little corner in Dundonald. Um, and they have announced that they will be stepping in uh, into what is a, a turbulent period um, in Scottish ice hockey uh, and re-establish some kind of um, standalone governing body. Um, they've come up with a, a three-stage plan. Step one will be a consultation, which they hope will last uh, approximately eight weeks with all of the interested parties equal of the short-term uh, management committee uh, to govern sport. Uh, step two will be working with this new established committee um, to allow them to meet all the requirements of, um, through Sport NI and Sport Scotland to maintain uh, consistent uh, ice hockey across Scotland. And step three will be the full transfer of because of what happened um, and moving into uh, a position where they will be the, the oversight, if you like, the way that they were, and handing the reins fully over to a new governing body in Scotland. Um, so that's kind of where we are at the minute with no... Effectively, what we've kind of got is a, a unified body at the minute with uh, Ice Hockey UK being the overarching body for England. They're now over the Scottish game. Uh, something that a lot of people have shouted for for a while is a, a unified body, which was voted down at the last AGM. Uh, but here we are. Dave, what's your thoughts? It obviously has a little bit of an impact on uh, the SNL Giants here. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, we were talk chatting about this, obviously, just before the, the podcast. Um, and I didn't know that um, the SNL Giants would have fallen under the Scottish ice hockey. It does make sense when you think about it because they operate in a Scottish league. But uh, yeah, no, it'll obviously be, it's better to have something that, rather than nothing. And then we want to have a, um, a governing body going long term. Um, so there can only be good things. And hopefully with a single body, we might see that as a goal going forward. Um, the, I don't think it will impact um, our local teams, not that we have an awful lot of them, um, but uh, I think they all fall under the, the Irish uh, Association um, as, a, as a governing body. But yeah. Yep. Um, Marty, any thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's... Um... I suppose the fact that you know this came up, this came in quite quickly. You know the fact that they've they've moved pretty quick to um, and when I say they, they, I mean obviously the um, IHUK have moved pretty quick to kind of um, step in to mitigate what has happened in terms of you know obviously that that stepping away from Scottish hockey ice hockey um, and the fact that they've put in place the, the a recovery plan so quickly with three different clearly set out stages. I suppose that's a positive. Um, stance I suppose that's a positive move um uh, yeah I, I suppose that's that's only thing i'm really I, i'm focusing on is the fact it does seem a pretty positive thing um obviously that there's been a number of issues obviously that, that led to um you know scottish ice hockey they kind of decide what they decide to do um but potential i think there's potential yep i think it's it's key to um make the point as well that there will be no impact to the sport currently in Scotland. Um, the games will continue. Um, 
effectively because technically Ice Hockey UK were still really the governing body for Scotland. Um, after the AGM and the unified body was voted down, SIH was, was being set up to take the reins properly. And while they were effectively governing the sport, they weren't the overarching um, national governing body for it. Um, so Ice Hockey UK are effectively retaining a role in title and indeed uh, that they had um, but the the sport will continue the young guys and everyone else who's playing under the the SIH banner will continue to play uh, which is a, a total bonus overall that, that there's no risk to to those games and uh, to the the players currently um, exactly um, I mean that's the only story main story we had for for period <laughs> one am I right in saying that I don't think there's anything else I had to run in order before nope no, no, no. Um, so with that, <laughs> we'll move on to um, our penalty box segment for this period, if that's okay with you guys. Um, obviously, there has been a number of stories. One main story um, that has um, took the attention in the penalty box, um, and that is obviously of a suspension to um, Sheffield's Anthony DeLuca, who has been suspended for testing positive for a banned substance. The Steelers obviously put out a statement... No, we have to say we don't. Sorry, I was just clearing my sinus. Sorry, I was just clearing my sinus. Okay, um, we have to say we don't know what that banned substance is. Um, but Steelers put a, a statement to say that as of five thirty p.m. on Friday evening, so that was the past this past Friday, um, which would have been someone quickly work out what date that was because I don't know what it was twenty twenty fifth, twenty sixth, something around there. Um, the Sheffield Steelers were advised by Anthony DeLuca that he had failed an anti-doping test. Anthony has tested positive for a banned substance and is currently suspended with immediate effect. No further comment will be made by the club. Anthony DeLuca then did come out on Twitter um, and put out a social media statement saying, In regards to this afternoon's news, I unfortunately can't make any further comment into this matter until finalised with UKAD. Uh, please be advised that this is not a performance enhancing issue. I would ask to respect my privacy at this time as I'm unable to make any further comments. So clearly what he's saying is here that it is a, um, I suppose it's a recreational drug of some description that has been used um, and not a performance enhancing one. Um, you obviously- guys saw the tweet that uh, someone put up sort of retweeting that and was like, well, good, because if it was, I'd want my money back. (laughs) I've seen a couple of uh, great tweets. Um, There was one, I don't know if you... (laughs) um, I don't... I'll say there. Um, There was a a cracking tweet that I seen um, so quick. It was... uh, it was the obviously it was snowing over in England this past weekend. Um, we didn't get hit bad here in Northern Ireland, no, but no snow in Sheffield. No snow in Sheffield, and someone put a comment up going, "Yeah, yeah because it's up someone's nose." Uh, and I just thought, "Got a snowblower on the team." <laughs> like uh, it was just so quick, and I was like, "Oh, that's 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 a that's yeah, fair play to you." Um, I mean, we don't know we don't know the full details. I was looking today to see if I could get a a list, um, a clear definition and a clear list of what substances are banned by the IIHF um or anti dopin um within the UK um or across I suppose it's not even just the UK. I think this is probably like a international anti dopin association. Um and I was I couldn't find anything that was the definitive guidelines in terms of what is and what well, isn't clearly clearly they're not following the NHL rules because as we know after years of doing this podcast, um cocaine is not uh, a banned substance. True. Um, that is very yeah. true. 
that's very true. Um, I don't think that's the case here in the UK. I don't think that's the case for um, the anti-doping thing. I think uh, any that's, rep- that's very unfair on the the North American players who are coming over here thinking that they can maintain their cocaine habit. <laughs> well, if we remember correctly, a few years back, I think it was maybe was it? Uh, well, it must have been about could be five or six years ago now. I think it was coming towards the end of um. I th- think i want to say at the towards the end of the season anyway going in towards the um world championships if i remember correctly one of the players that was in the G- team gb or at least a player maybe from sheffield again at that point uh they were off on holidays in uh, amsterdam and obviously had decided to partake in some form of drug in Amsterdam at one of the cafes. And that was obviously on the banned list and that got them taken out of, um, they got pulled up by Dopen Association for, for using um, obviously marijuana, which is a banned substance under the Anti-Dopen Association. So um, yeah, I don't think we'll ever fully know. Um, I don't think we will anyway. I don't think they'll put anything like that out. But One of, um, one of my favourite tweets, one of my favourite tweets was... Um, put out by Belfast own Thomas Brownlee and it was test the whole team. <laughs> wow. Okay. No, no better no better way to have a go at the team at the top of the table than let's get them Testing all done off. for anti-doping. I mean, was there any indica- is there any indication um, how long the ban is? How long he's out for? So at the minute, I, I assume it's a, um, an undisclosed term. It'll be a it'll be, it'll be suspended um, indefinitely until the results of any hearing uh, with UKAD are completed, um, or there's a, a change um, in the the UKAD approach. So I'm assuming that we won't hear until the the findings are made final. So I don't I don't actually know. I'd have to look back the rule book, and I'm too lazy to do it how this suspension affects the import levels um, for the Steelers. Now, based on injuries and bans and all the rest of it, that I would assume it doesn't because, as we found out at the start of the season, uh, a ban to an import doesn't affect the team's ability to ice a full complement of imports. Mm-hmm. So I would assume that Sheffield can still field a full, what is it, 8,000 imports a team are allowed to ice on any given night, uh, whatever it was, was it 15? 15 imports, 14 imports, 15 imports. Um, so I would assume not, I, other than it being DeLuca who's out, uh, I don't see there being any big impact on the Steelers. No. Um, the, 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 thing I, the thing I get from it is like he makes this, goes through it all and he goes, and he highlights that it's not a performance enhancing issue. The, the part of me would be a bit more, I don't want to say happy, it's maybe the wrong way to put it, but it would be like, all oh, right, fair enough, perform, maybe, maybe he's been doing some sort of, performance there's some sort of drug or you know medication that came up on it he's obviously just openly going there yeah yeah i've been you know snorting sort snorting so much cocaine that i wanted to design a delorean you know um but yeah it's just uh it's it, it bears belief you know it's just the club there at what stage do they go you know it, it, there's not even an apology there you know sorry i i, I should know better blah 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 um but well, we've talked about it before that these guys are, and Sheffield, especially Sheffield, are the the ones to shout about being role models, and they're the loudest ones on social media. Um, I mean, depending on what the outcome of this is, um, if he has been using drugs recreationally, I would like to see something come out about well, I've been I've been a bad boy and I shouldn't do it and stay in school, kids. Um, I mean, I guess. Um... Yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. I mean, as you said, um, I think John, you had mentioned that there. I mean, we've had in the past where we've had people pleading their innocence with um, maybe like 
forms of um substances within like i suppose uh legal drugs that they were taking like medications or whatever and that came out to say that actually no that that actually you're you're lying that wasn't actually what the case was and i think that was actually part of maybe partial with that whole thing around the uh amsterdam trip um was i think someone tried to say oh no it's part of um a a drug i'm using for my asthma or whatever or something it was something silly like that um but no i guess um yeah time will tell um i don't know how long he's out for and it'd be interesting to see how that pans out and uh, how long that's going to be um guys we have one more there's one more suspension since our last recording um and that was a this is a dobson incident rather than a um anti doping double ihf um a ban this is a, a different one this is obviously our our own the player our department of player safety and that was nathaniel halbert um for the coventry blaze uh he took a two-game suspension for a boarding incident against manchester storm and that was on the 19th of november so that was just after our last podcast recording um he has served those two games um now since then and obviously he was uh he got his two games for borden and because he was a repeat offender he was suspended then for an extra an extra game um any thoughts on this clear cut dave john it's clear cut um clear borden. yeah it's clear cut um i think it bugs me is could uh manchester not afford a new camera uh, is desperate that camera um it's they try to zoom in and it just makes it 10 times worse they're just better showing you the full-size footage um and they can't seem to slow it down it jerks it's like <laughs> um so yeah no 100 uh bad hits should know better repeat offender bye-bye yep. great okay um that is us for period one that's the finish that's the last of our penalty box um uh, mentions anyway anybody got anything before you move on nothing for me nope Great. And with that then, what we'll do is we'll get moved on to our period two of hockey. Hello and uh, welcome to period two of hockey. This is where we'll talk about hockey from everywhere else in the world, or as we've started to call it, the Evander Kane show. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's been in the news again. Um, and our wee trusty news ticker picked him up, which is great. Um so he has, I think one of us have put that on as a running order. We have. Um, Marty, I'll fire it over to you because you've got the actual article. Yeah, yep. Um, to hand, so. we, we obviously, uh, in uh, uh, Evander Kane Watch, as we, as we like to now call it, um, we obviously have the announcement that was made this week that uh, Evander Kane had been placed on waivers by the San Jose Sharks. Um, and as such um was um well his ban effectively he the ban that he received obviously has came to an end as of the end of november here but we as of today it was announced that uh evander has been moved down to the minors um and will be take uh, was um to well i suppose he um turned up today uh for the minors team um but he has been placed on waivers um i mean <sighs> I think it's. I think I'm right in saying that the San Jose have made. I think the right choice here, um, to place them on like, to, on to waivers. Uh, maybe move them on, um, somewhere else. Um, I'm as a, as a franchise, you couldn't do anything else. Like no harm to the guy. Like the guy clearly has problems, either whether it's to do with COVID or whether it's to do with everything else that we've been talking about. There's no point going back through them all. What he's doing now, is just continually doing more and more damage to that franchise. And to the sharks, the sharks need to get shot of them. And they're even clearly with the waivers that they've put him on, they are willing to pay more than half of his salary that he's got left in his contract to get rid of him. So they are going to continue to pay him 
half of his salary for the rest of his contract to get him in another jersey somewhere else. So that that tells you how done with Evander Kane the Sharks are. I mean, do we do do the Sharks? Um, you know, I think I, personally, I, I feel like it's the right move that the that the the Sharks have done. Um, as you say, you know, protect the franchise, protect the you know. Um, don't bring an organization into disrepute is one of the big things you'd always see for any organization. Um, Evander Kane has been nothing this season but um, toxic, I suppose, is the best way to describe it, obviously, with the different things that have been going on. Um, but is it a case of uh, placing them on waivers, send them off to somewhere else? Is it a case of it'll come, bite and, come back and bite them in the tail? Uh, Dave, what's your thoughts? Um, yeah, it's, it'll be an interesting one. Um, we know that he's... He's had his issues um, throughout the year, uh, but he's still, um, if basically if he goes on waivers, they pay half his money and he goes somewhere. Whoever get him, if they're able to manage him and keep him in line, are getting a stonking player for the price. Um, and yeah, it could it could be um, it could be disastrous if he goes to a big name club because they're just going to be seeing the headlines and all that jazz. But if he goes to somewhere like Atlanta or um, not Atlanta, sorry, um, Winnipeg or you're, you're thinking, you're thinking of the joke that somebody, somebody who has like taken out a a thrasher's Twitter account within seconds of um, the announcement we made that he was on waivers. (laughs) It was the Atlanta thrashers have claimed um, Evander Kane on waivers. It was absolutely brilliant. I did see that. I did see that. I think what what we should note is though, the fact that um, the fact that he, he was placed on waivers and the the stipulation for the waivers was that he needed to be claimed by another. And I suppose this is my next question for you is, um, the, the stipulation was that he needed to be claimed by another NHL team by 2 p.m. Eastern time in America uh, this past Monday. Um, otherwise, he was going to be assigned to the AHL affiliate team, which is obviously the San Jose, uh, the San Jose Barracudas, um, which is obviously what's happened because he's turned up this morning for practice for the Barracudas and he's turned up um, as part of the, the, the affiliate team. Effectively, it means that none of the other NHL teams have been... Uh, well, my my that's my understanding. I don't know if anybody else's understanding is this. Uh, but my understanding would the be that only, the no only one rumor, team. The only major rumor, yeah, the only major rumor that I'd heard was that Vancouver were considering a move for him, and that's because he is a Vancouver native. Um, so they were looking at: do we bring him back as a sort of local franchise guy? Do we bring him home to fix him type thing? And they've clearly thought better of it because I think there was a backlash. Um, online when they were thinking about bringing them up because you look at Canada's response to COVID has been very, very strict and they have been big on their, I mean, you look at the previous season, the, the Canadian bubble, if you like, of the hockey teams that was taken very seriously um, and obviously Canadians take getting to their hockey seriously. So the idea that <laughs> the Vancouver's arena could be closed because Mr. COVID arrives with his scrap of paper that says, I have had vaccine. <laughs> um, it, it clearly didn't go down well. Um, so I, to be honest, I'd be quite happy if the Sharks just keep paying him half his salary or paying his, well, clearly they're paying his entire salary, pay him out of his contract and then just quietly let him disappear. It's uh, a, a guy who I'd be quite happy. He's, he's had a good career as a hockey player, don't get me wrong, but as a, as a person, the last year or so, I think, has shown who Evander Kane is, and I'd be quite happy for his name just to disappear. I would agree. I'd still take another chance. 
Well, yeah. I was going to say something. I was going to say something about another elite league team and he'd fit in well, but I'm not going to say it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dave, do you want to move on to my next story, or do you want to? Yes, you go ahead on to your next one. Okay, um, I'll do mine at the end. So my next story, my next two stories may feel a bit deja vu esque. Um, one of them definitely will do, but this the first one to talk about is a is more of an update. Um, continuing with our, our streak of updates. Uh week on week um this is just an update obviously we talked about this um as a in, in its initial stages in the last podcast recording and that's of course that family sports group or fsg um who have also just made an agreement to um purchase liverpool football club in uh, the united kingdom um for any football fans um or soccer fans if you're from america um so fenway sports group um have agreed her reached agreement with the pittsburgh penguins for the sale of the team um the announcement was made uh, this week where the Pittsburgh Penguins and Fenway Sports Group um, announced that they have um, come to an agreement uh, that the controlling interest of the team will switch to Fenway Sports Group. Uh, what should be noted, though, is that obviously um, one of the big concerns was around the fact that the ownership of the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins you know, was very heavily steeped um, in tradition of hockey-minded people have been controlling it up until now. And I suppose one of the big things to say is that obviously that will still stay, you know, in place. Two-time Stanley Cup winner and former Penguin Mario Lemieux and businessman Ron Burkle will still remain majority owners of the team and still have uh, a part to play, but uh, they will now be supported by FSG as a partner coming in. Um, the finalisation of that deal and what that's going to look like will be coming later uh, in December. I think they're hoping to finalise that uh, as soon as they get board approval from the NHL um, coming towards the end of December. But I think from this point of view, in terms of where we're sitting right now, it's uh, good stages in terms of moving forward. And I suppose, I know, Dave, I'm going to come to you first. Um, I mean, obviously, we, we talked about this, you know, from a point of view of a bit of concern from fans um, because of what that might mean for, um, you know, the, their club and maybe not being owned by a you know a hockey i suppose hockey obsessed owners um but i suppose this is a this is encouraging the fact that nothing will change when it comes to the the top of the ownership of the team i guess that's one positive coming out of it yeah 100 percent um yeah what they've done there is um basically freed up a big chunk of uh capital um to bring into the team um and bringing in um because they've now got, um, in essence, um, a, a massive uh, company to draw stuff from. Um, you know, may they need anything, anything, everything, things like lawyers or you know anything like that. There, instead of them having to source that themselves, now they can fall back on the the FSG um, as a big um, big pool, and then but they still retain that hockey ethos. At their primary core, so they're getting all the benefits without the the drawbacks. Um, you know, they're adding that heavy business-minded elements to uh, to the team um, that'll make it profitable. But they're also keeping the hockey ethos um, you know, that allows them to make maybe impulsive decisions based on uh, the team's need, not necessarily the team's uh, financial need. Um, so I think it's they probably struck the best deal possible based on what we were talking about last podcast where we were concerned that you know they would lose we would lose an owner uh, like the movie would go um, and we'd be left with um, FSG as the primary owner but this way we've been we've brought them they've been brought in as a as a minority 
partner, um, which I think at this stage can only do good things. Yeah. Uh, John, my question for you was more around the fact that, um, you know, obviously, as Dave said, it's a positive step in terms of obviously frees up capital and everything else. Um, this deal is still subject to approval from the NHL Board of Governors, um, which is come, expected to come towards the end of the year. Do you see there being any uh, st- anybody standing in the way of this? Do you think the NHL have any issues? I can't see it. I can't see the Board of Governors having any problem with a, an, an input of money um, the way that Dave's just put quite well. Um, it stabilises any organisation when you've got new money coming in. Um, not that we've seen an NHL franchise collapse for a good few years now, um, but a tight year with COVID um, probably means that the existing owners were probably quite hard up and this injection of new cash from FSG just makes sense. The one thing that worries me is you've now got this weird, like unholy alliance. The FSG are clearly a Boston-based uh, business. Unholy alliance between Boston and Pittsburgh. Uh, ooh, it just sounds dirty. <laughs> but they are two. They are two yellow teams. So. I suppose that's very true. Um, I guess the person, the one person to ask, will be um, obviously Mark, uh, fan of the show, Mark. He might be able to kind of yeah, Mark shift. sent. Let us, yeah, let us know your thoughts. Is it gonna? Is there any concerns from from the fan base? Is there any concerns from? Yeah, let us know what you think. Um, I'm does gonna. That, does that automatically make you a Red Sox fan now, Mark? Oh, it might do. And secretly, a, a mm. Boston fan too. Is he Liverpool? He's a Liverpool fan, isn't he? Is he a Liverpool fan? I don't. Sorry, Mark, if you're not, I apologize. But he does. He does I, go. I think he does go to Liverpool games with Campbell. Does so does it? No, but does I mean, he? I don't know if he does. I, I can't remember. Excellent. Maybe I'm just drawing two lines between yeah, two points that don't you, exist. You probably do. You probably are. Uh, Mark, apologies <laughs> if you're either not a football fan or just because. But maybe you never know. Maybe it's just a big FSG man. Yeah, could be. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's behind it all. <laughs> um, I'm going to move on to my next story, and again, as I say, this is kind of a story of deja vu, um, rightly so because it's it's a story we talked about, which we thought was uh, put to bed during the last podcast and actually it's raised its head again. Um, if you remember if you remember uh, back to our last podcast, um, we were talking about the Winter Olympics, which are coming up um, fast and furious here in um, coming up in, in uh, January, February time here. Um, and as part of that, the whole thing was that the host nation, which is obviously China, um, were have a an ice hockey team who there was a bit of a question whether or not the ice hockey team would be allowed to ice because of poor performance and because if they weren't up to the right standard for play compared to the other teams that they were going to be facing off against remember that the group they've been put into is heavy hitters canada usa all those big names are playing against them in that first first stage now it was put it was put that there be um, as part of the thing was that they, they no matter what performance they were putting in obviously as we've mentioned before they they the, the Chinese men's team um, are also the Kunlun Red Stars for uh, in the KHL um, and obviously they've had a really bad run of performances and stuff over the last few months but the um, the I suppose the Olympic Committee said that that doesn't change anything that the team are still willing to participate but <laughs> now we have another issue in that the it's now going to be re-looked at the International Ice Hockey Federation and the Olympic Committee will be looking at it again as part of the Beijing Winter Olympics to see whether or not China will be able to participate because of uh, and I quote a review of player eligibility documents uh, which are now a concern um, so what has what that is what they're saying is that a number of uh, China uh, China China's men's team hockey players, uh, in theory, 
aren't eligible to play for the team, although they are playing for the KHL Kulun uh, Red Stars. Actually, some of them are not uh, viable to play because of eligibility. It means that they were trained um, outside of China and they are not actually Chinese descent either, um, which means they're talking about some players who were maybe originally trained and lived in likes of Canada, which supposedly quite a high percentage of the players actually are of um, Canadian descent as well. Um, a final decision is going to be made um, come uh, the next board meeting, which I believe is on the 6th of December, which is uh, yep. next, the end of this, or start of next week. Um, and a final decision will be made at that point, whether or not, well, once everything has been investigated, everything will be looked at to see whether or not the eligibility documents meet the criteria of what it is. So there's still an outstanding thing here that China may not make it to the Olympics. And I'm sure Norway, who are the, the team who are going to be uh, taking, who are going to replace China, I'm sure they're waiting in the wings to see what's going to happen moving forward. Um, so again, guys, uh, Dave, come to you first. I suppose. I mean, uh, I mean, a, th- a story. We, as we say, we talked about this last recording. We thought this was put to bed, but obviously not. Yeah, whenever I seen you put it in, I was like, okay, oh, you forgot that. That's been a one you forgot to take out, and you've uh, you've just left it pasted in there. And then I was reading it, going, that's a bit random. Yeah, I I seen another article that was talking about the level of um, Canadians in their team. Um, but like, if that's a, a prerequisite for playing the Olympics, the, the GP is never going to get there. <laughs> but uh, no, I think that it's it's going to be interesting. Obviously, it's going to be come down to how they got their citizenship. Were they, you know, given it purely just to play for the team, or do they have ancestry in the country? Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I think at this stage, um, the problem being is if they were able to, they could field a team. Uh, it would just be even less competitive than the Kunlong Red Stars. Um, and as the host nation, they are eligible to field the team. doesn't matter how bad they are. Um, it's just if they were willing to take the uh, the bad, the stain, the bad luck uh, for getting thumped in every game. Yeah. Uh, John, any different thoughts on that? No, not really. I mean, you're, you are looking at it. It's a decision that keeps getting pushed down the road, but you say the one thing that might save them or possibly hinder them even more as you look at the current situation with COVID and international travel is getting more and more difficult. Um, there's no guarantee we're looking at the Chinese team here um, who are currently already in China. We're hoping that we're going to have NHL players, but you've got COVID situations like we've had in uh, Long Island um, with the Islanders. Um with international travel starting to get a problem, I wonder whether we're actually going to see those NHL players. I know the long list have gone out um, and training camps are scheduled, but you've got to wonder whether the NHL pulls the trigger and says NHL players can't be going to China. Um, that could be really interesting to see what happens over the next few weeks leading up to the international break. Yeah. Um, Dave, that's that's me for, for my stories for this period, so I'm going to hand, hand back to you. Yep, awesome. Um, so yeah, so my one is actually one that John put in for me. Um, he caught it before I seen it. Um, <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're, um, well, of course he would have seen it. It's a, uh, somebody putting a banner in the rafters, and he'll be in a Preds fan and everything. Um, you. So, <laughs> so this one is that the Minnesota Wilds former captain, McCoy Koivu, is uh, having his number retired on the 13th of March um, against the Preds, because again, they love a good banner, isn't <laughs> Um, but it's um, this is this is where um, I draw parallels and I do it all the time uh, between the um, Minnesota Wild and the 
Belfast Giants, um, both started in the same year uh, within a few months. Um, however, they, uh, the Minnesota Wild will, reti- will be retiring their first jersey number um, with Mikukoivu, and the Giants have retired six, if I'm right. To me, seems a bit excessive. Um, the seven, seven, se- seven. We've retired okay. another one, but we haven't put it in, put ba- in the yeah, in it's the rafters yet. Um, you know, this is uh, this is uh, they're retiring Mickey Koivu's, um for a player who played his entire career in Minnesota from being drafted sixth overall, so not a not a first round pick, but probably one of the best centers um, the league has seen, in my opinion, um, and his scoring. Um, his scoring record for the Wild is second only to um, Marion Gabrick, um, who was great until he left, and then he was rubbish. Um, but it's the, the probably the best decision for the Wild to do it. There was a lot of humming and hand whenever he said he was retiring, um, and he was uh, let go to um, free agent, and he moved to um, Columbus for seven games. And there was a lot of talk that... Um, then that they, they, they weren't going to do anything, you know, that he didn't retire with us and all that jazz. And they, they finally seen the, the light and made the right decision, in my opinion, uh, and made that uh, decision to retire his number. Um, and it couldn't happen to a, to a more hardworking player, um, in my opinion. Um, any thoughts um, on, on, I suppose you don't really have very many, because it was... <laughs> I think, I think... It's, clear, it's clearly well-deserved. Clearly well deserved, and the the Wild are, are are clearly looking at it as he is their first and foremost Mister Franchise. Um, I I was just so about to say that there's uh, no one better. I was just about to say that the fact that the, the fact stands that the, um the, the that it's the first number they have retired. That's a big, obviously a big statement. Well, so sec- technically they're second. They well, retired yeah, yeah. Um, the number for their fans, but this is their only player number. Um, and it's it's a different mindset and it shows you how much that actually means to an NHL franchise to have your number retired. Um, you know, that's serious numbers, records, setting numbers, um, you know, and it's, I think that it's watered down a bit in the elite league. Um, not to say that some people don't deserve to be up there, but there's definitely ones that should be. And we've talked about ones that I don't believe should be. Um, but it, it would be nice to see that level of um, sort of grandeur given to it, but I know we can't always do that. But anyway, my rambling is is done. Um, I see there's a few elements in the penalty box. Who put them up and who would like to chat about them? I don't. I will. Yep, I'll talk about them. I've been putting myself on mute because I don't want you just being put off by the sound of running water and uh, my father-in-law stripping out the bathroom about eight foot behind me here. Um, (laughs) So... The first one that I've thrown on there, um, Slew Footen seems to be the new black in the NHL. Um, everyone's doing it, and uh, about half of them are being punished. Um, so this one was uh, Boston's Brad Marchand uh, has been uh, collared for Slew Footen, and he's been handed out a three-game ban for that one. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll throw the piece up, and people can make their own determinations there. I Obviously, was... last name we were talking about, PK Slewban. Yeah, and I think for actually to be fair that's that's his jersey hanging like right there um it's also signed uh thanks to the mcleans uh and here's me having a go at him um but yeah i think he's been he's been banned or he's been hit up for about roughly half of his slow foots this season 
Um, but yeah, it's a it's a fairly cut and dry one from Brad Marchand. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you can argue with that one. It might as well be the it might as well be the pictures out of the textbook. Look, it's um, whenever you're trying to describe sleuth footing, that definitely is it. Um, I was I was yep. going to say I wonder if uh, sleuth footing will, will be um, the the target for for next year's NHL changes. Um, they already take a obviously a, a very you know big stance on like they take a heavy stance on sleuth footing as it is. But I wonder if uh, next year's NHL changes to um, the inf- like what you know obviously each year the NHL will choose like a a. a I suppose a, a new penalty each year that seems to be the one it's, that's it's main causing target. the most. Yeah, the main target. I wonder if sleuth footing yeah. will be next year's or not. Like sleuth, sleuth footing is not something that you should have to take a hard stance on because it's other than potentially going at someone with your stick uh, or if you're uh, Grimaldi from the time he was with Edinburgh, any item of uh, protective equipment that you happen to be wearing at the time. Um, <laughs> like sleuth footing is one of the most dangerous things that you can do. You can put a, a very vulnerable uh player in a much more in an even more vulnerable position by having them generally they tend to be from behind they fall backwards and the first point of contact with the ice tends to be the head or you're looking at some sort of weird landing ankle uh, angle with an ankle a leg a knee or something like that and you're you're looking at potentially really serious injuries so uh, while there seems to be a lot of them this season um, it shouldn't be something that they have to take a dim view of and increase the the, the fines, the tariffs of the, the suspensions for it. it. It should already just be in players' minds. I shouldn't really be doing this because the last thing I want is somebody coming up behind me and slew-footing me. But maybe, is it is it part of the, the game because we're seeing more players not held to account for actions on the ice because fighting is becoming a... I'm not saying it's disappearing from the game, but I'm saying it's becoming less a part of the game. Uh, we've seen it here in the Elite League. I think we've seen a lot less fighting, a lot less dropping of the gloves through silly actions. Like you look at the, the Haas hit uh, on uh, Boucher and the one person who jumped in and dropped the gloves was Darcy Murphy. He's the last person who should be jumping yeah, in and dropping the gloves. True. Um, but other than that, no one else was for stepping up and doing that. Is the same thing happening at a different level in the NHL? Like the fights that we see are massive in the NHL, but there's undoubtedly less of them. So do players think they can get away with this more? Yeah, there's a good possibility. Sure, there's a was there not a um, a lot of talk about that um, was it in Finland um, about the the hits getting bigger as the the fighting started the the phase out of the the, the, the sport. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting, um, but I, I have a feeling what's happening, now I could be wrong, is that some of the players this year especially um, are maybe not as fit as they were prior um, with the reduced number of games, and they're getting caught out because um, it's, Obviously, it happens as there's almost about to be a breakaway, and they're just trying to think of what they can do to stop it. And it's very easy to slew foot. You get your arm out around them, um, and you just hook them. And it, you know, it could be that there's like players that are struggling to keep up with the pace, um, looking an easy out. You never know. Could be. Um, so anyway, we'll throw the link up to that one anyway. The second one um, is. <laughs> funny and interesting on like so many levels i shared this uh, stuff with you guys uh, over the last couple of days on our our whatsapp group um so 
This is uh, last weekend, Brendan Lemieux and Brady Tuchuk, uh had a bit of a coming together. There was a bit of a, a scrum um, off the play and um, <laughs> it appear or doesn't appear, it is 100% proven uh, that Brendan Lemieux from the LA Kings tried to take not one, but two bites out of Ottawa's Brady to Chuck. This then, I mean, you've got Brady to Chuck is absolutely livid on the ice. Lemieux is sent to the box. Um, I think for interference, uh, potentially was the call on the ice or maybe roughing. Um, to Chuck is going absolutely mental on the ice shouting. He tried to bite me twice and he's throwing his hand up in the air and you can clearly see it on the video that, um, that Lemieux has gone straight and you can see him shot. You can nearly hear him gnashing away, uh, on, on to Chuck's hand. Um, but my favorite part of this was, um, when Brady went online and put out a statement on social media, that in itself is hilarious that a player is coming in and giving off on Twitter about another player's actions, whether he's bitten them or not. And like, keep it to yourself. Like you don't need to be getting on and moaning and basically trolling a guy uh, on Twitter. But Gilbert Gottfried got his hands on this and lent his voice to it. Now, if you don't know who, who Gilbert Gottfried is, go onto our website now and scroll down to period two and look at the video, the embedded video that's on the website. You might not know his face, but you will know his voice from somewhere. After you've watched this and how hilarious it is, go and Google him and find out which of your favourite movies Gilbert Gottfried has either been in or has voiced a character because you will know him and it's absolutely hilarious. The end result then today, it was just announced the NHL's Department of Player Safety have uh, handed uh, Lemieux a five-game ban uh, for the bite. So it's uh, it's come to a conclusion there, but uh, by ways of being quite comical uh, as it went on. Guys, any thoughts on this one? Have you seen the videos? I mean, uh, just watch them. I've seen the video of the of the initial bite um, and the actual um, you know the incident itself, um, and I think he is very lucky to have only got away with a five game ban for this. I I watched it and actually I think it was I was pretty shocked about the fact that it happened and that the you know I don't know if it's I don't know if it was made worse obviously because of the, the dramatic response obviously but I still think it, do you not think five game five games? Do you not think it was a bit a bit lenient? It, it doesn't seem like a lot. It doesn't seem like a lot. I mean five game they might have said something along the lines of his mouth guard was in, there was no chance of him taking a chunk out, he couldn't have gotten through the glove or whatever. They might have said that there was mitigating circumstances, but yeah, you're you're 100% right. I mean, going at someone, you've got to have a bit of a screw loose to go at someone in hockey gear with your teeth. Like It, it, it doesn't matter what the situation is. Don't, don't, don't bite someone. Uh, no, it's you should, it's you should be taught really that weird, as a three-year-old, Dave. Dave, have you t- have you taught your kids yeah. not to bite each other? I have, yeah. You have to say it more than once, though, which is a bit weird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the um, yeah, no, I was I've watched that a few times now. I watched it when you said it, and I've watched it again there. And I see, like, you have to be wondering what's going through his head as he goes ah, and takes a chunk out of the fella. You know, it's, it's, it's like you, you know, see him. He kind of he kind he has he has Brady on the ground, and he kind of you can see it. He pins him with both hands, and he his head properly goes for it. It's desperate. It's like a hungry dog. <laughs> I don't know. I, like obviously something not quite right there. Uh, maybe uh, maybe we shouldn't be looking at uh, banning that fella. Maybe we think we should be sending him to a hospital somewhere. <laughs> I think he needs to go to a padded room, a quiet padded room for twenty minutes. Quiet padded room, yeah. Uh, well, awesome. anyway, that's that's the penalty box for the international side. 
brilliant. We, uh, I think we're flying through here. I think that's our last piece. Correct me if I'm wrong for period two. That's oh, it. That's awesome. Then we'll move swiftly on to period three of hockey. Period three of hockey then is our general knocky news. Knocky news is where we talk about anything and everything else in the world of hockey that uh, maybe doesn't quite fit into periods one or two, but we think needs a little bit of a chat through anyway. Um, Marty, for one of the first times ever, you have every story in knocky news. I, I couldn't find anything funny, hilarious, or even dodgy enough to put into knocky news. Um, but I do I do like the look uh, of, of some of these. I'm going to start with the first one. There's one that just our eyes are drawn to completely. And uh, there's... You've got a piece with a few good boys. Yeah, I mean, if you you obviously didn't have your your eyes open enough if you didn't see these stories because there's some some cracking stories. Um, but this is the best one. This is this this was a top story on ESPN News or ESPN Sport um, yesterday. Um, and this is the 2021-2022 NHL Good Boys, as I like to call it. Um, and this is this year, obviously each year. Or has now become a tradition, shall we say, that NHL have uh, take on mascot dogs um, who are in training for a number of different roles. Most of the dogs that they have um, joining their teams are dogs who are either going into some kind of service role, um, be that as some form of maybe like a guide dog, be that a medical alert dog, whatever that is, they are brought in as part of uh, the very early part of their lives when they're tiny little pups they're brought in um to join the teams and become a little bit of a mascot and I suppose learn while they go along um but this year and i what i have pre what i did want to put in a disclaimer is that the um the the article was ranking the nhl's best team dogs i want to start off at the start and say how dare they say ranking you cannot rank these dogs there's not fur but uh in saying that we have a list of 10 dogs. Uh, there's photographs for each of these dogs. We will put, um, We will, I, I suppose my question to you guys was, I wanted to get your thoughts on which dog you was drawn to quick more than anything. Um, but I'm going to run through some of the dogs because some of them have some great names um, and I wanted to run through the top 10 um, or I should say this year's, not even top 10, this year's, uh, I suppose, rundown of this year's dogs and which teams have which dogs. Um, starting in Calgary, obviously they have Bernie uh, in Calgary, who is a, uh, or sorry, Harvey the Hound, sorry, in, in Calgary and Bernie is in Colorado, Avalanche. Um, no, they're, they're, they're weird ones because technically they're not dogs how are they not dogs they're mascots oh right okay fair enough they're, they're, they're the actual mascots so they're the actual mascots oh yeah they're their mascots sorry okay so let's look at the actual dogs uh i didn't read that properly uh number nine we have bark andre flurry um obviously back bark andre furry obviously from the vegas golden knights who is a little uh it looks like a little scottish terrier type dog um he is going to be a westy a wee westy uh, he's going to be a therapy dog affiliated with the golden knights he's a jack russell terrier sorry i should say uh, a lot of attitude um and it's just a great little dog we have uh monte who is in new york islanders who's their pup there this year um we'll put up some of these photographs so you can see them um but yeah he, again 
great little dog it's so cute looking uh he's dressed there in his new york islanders jersey we have flex who's the edmund edinburgh edmund edmonton oilers dog this year uh she's a very good girl we should say not just all boys she's a good girl um and she is going to be working with dogs with wings whose mission is to foster integrate and independence uh, for individuals with disabilities by providing them with highly trained assistance dogs and this dog will be training as one of those um and she was uh, she was signed on to the team with a paw print this week um or last week shall we say um and or sorry at the start of the season um again uh, a great little dog there in number sixth place we have smash the nashville predators Yo. dog um he is i i like smash um smash is one of, is up there as contender for one of my favorites i'm not gonna lie i, I want to make a point that smash is nothing to do with being a service dog he is just smash he's, he is lord smash of smashville smash is amazing i i just love the fact that he's got one of the he's got he's one of those dogs that has the little ear up and little ear down i think it's always yep. always catches me uh in um the bolts this year um they continue still with the same dog Um, they have in tampa bay there they have bolt um who is um dressed in his finest tie blue and white tie um he's in fifth place barkley is st louis blues dog um again he's an ambassador dog there um in uh, uh, up up there um and he is uh, again he's the reigning stanley pop champion um so he is currently there we have rick who is the buffalo sabers dog uh for this season um in his training capacity there he's part of positive uh for heroes program um as part of that uh in number two we have selly who is the minnesota wilds dog um as part of theirs uh great nickname by who the way looks incredibly like a shaved who looks incredibly like a shaved um version of your dog dave zeb doesn't he just Sally's uh um is, is never off the uh wilds twitter it's amazing um and he's going he's a um going to be a military service dog oh um that's what he's being trained up to do and I don't know why they didn't say that in the article. Yeah. I know it's it's strange they haven't. And then the last dog that they have is obviously um, Biscuit, who is this year's uh, Washington Capitals dog, and he is also a vet dog as well. He's a a, a, um, a veterans a dog for veterans. Um, obviously in training there. Um, beautiful looking chocolate labrador um but great um uh, obviously they're they, these guys are following in the footsteps of some honorable uh graduates from the nhl program and um, we obviously we've had the, the likes of captain who we all know from the washington capitals um last year um and we also had ranger from the new york rangers as well who stands out as one of those two but we'll throw it up um i think it's again i just want to add it in a bit of a cheer oh we should also mention that um there is one <laughs> the Dallas Stars um adopted a calf in 2019 um called um Mike Mudana. Mike Mudano. Yeah. Um <laughs> Mike <That's> Mudano. Amazing. <laughs> it's so good. Amazing. Um so that's notable mention there as well for a non-dog category. But yeah, we'll share some of those. Um I know who my favorite is. Um I know we shouldn't have favorites, but I know who my favorite boy um is. Um and we'll get we'll get Dave and, and John to pick out theirs and we'll we'll throw those up. Um Moving on to my next story. Um, yeah, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Go for Canada. Um, okay. And their borders. Yeah, we'll we'll look at the Canada one. So this is um, it, it shouldn't really be a massive um, it shouldn't it sh- I suppose it shouldn't have a massive impact on NHL players um at this stage, but it's worth mentioning that the uh this past Friday uh there was an announcement for a policy change in Canada uh, by the Canadian Public Safety Minister Marco Mendoza. 
Mendocino? Mendocino? Mendocino. Great, that'll do. Perfect, thanks, John. Um, The border for Canada will be closing to all unvaccinated athletes in the new year. So come January, any athlete in any sport, uh, be that NHL, NBL, NBA, MLS, anything it is, um, who have them to travel across the border for work conditions as part of their um, athletic program will not be allowed to into the Canada into Canada if they have not been fully vaccinated. Um, so this is um, a policy change, obviously, that will um, that they're taking very seriously. However, Commissioner Gary Bateman has said that uh, only four players on the NHL roster were unvaccinated. Now that was at the start of the season; that was the beginning of the season. Um, they said that ninety nine percent of the players had been vaccinated. Um, they've never really said who the four players are. Um, there's been a couple of confirmations about who isn't isn't vaccinated, but there is two names particularly that are still um, two individuals who have confirmed it aren't who are still unvaccinated to this point, so they will not be able to or will not be not permitted to travel to Canada um, as of January fifteenth, as per the NHL's rules. Um, so therefore, uh, if they are not vaccinated by that point, they will not be travelling with their teams. That is Detroit's Tyler Bertsu and New York New Jersey's uh, Mackenzie Blackwood. So um, those two players will not be lining up for their teams if they are not vaccinated come January fifteenth. My favourite part of this whole thing is like you put Tyler Bertuzzi and Mackenzie Blackwood to one side. Later on, the more interesting one is Montreal's uh, Jesse Yolanen. Is he's obviously Canadian based, unvaccinated, but couldn't travel with the team because he wouldn't be allowed back into Canada. Yeah, yeah, that's. I, I did see that actually. I read that one underneath, and it was quite a, quite a, and it's a, an interesting position to be in, I guess. Um, I mean, I suppose they're doing what they're doing. And, you know, it's a country's doing what they're doing um, and it's going to impact. But again, hopefully, like, I mean, I think it's a positive sign that there's so little numbers that aren't, you know, there's still there's so little numbers who are unvaccinated. So it shouldn't play a massive part. Um, but uh, there you go. I just thought I'd throw that in because that's I mean, another it's, story. I mean, it's been coming and we... It's been coming, and like I said earlier on, this is uh, another good reason why you're not going to see Evander Kane picked up by a Canadian team is... Why would you take the risk with this change in policy coming in with Canada? Like, regard, like, from what I'm hearing now, um, he he is vaccinated yes. and he is, he is he has proper evidence of being vaccinated. He's no longer a well, whether he's an anti-vaxxer or not, he got his vaccines. Um, but yeah, why why would you take the risk uh, of that? Why would you bring that into your organisation when the the country is making this decision? So yeah, fair play to Canada for being very clear about what they what they expect from visiting athletes. Yep. Exactly, indeed. Your next one then, Marty, is a subject close to our hearts. We we love a jersey and uh, Canada unveiled their Olympic jersey. Well, not just Canada, but uh, yeah, we, uh, we've, we've went a few episodes now um, where we haven't discussed a jersey, which is just unusual for us um, because it's one of our, our main topics of interest. Um, but the 2022 Olympic hockey jerseys are starting to um, be released um, and there is four uh, national teams have released their jerseys so far. Um, that is Canada, Finland, the USA and Sweden have all released their jerseys for the upcoming tournament. All Nike jerseys, we should say. Obviously, Nike is the official provider, official sponsor and provider for the um, Olympic jerseys this coming um, Olympic Games. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on the jerseys themselves. I mean, 
Um, two jerseys particularly stand out to me and I think they look phenomenal. One jersey I'm a bit like, yeah, whatever. And the other jersey I'm just thinking to myself, eh, it doesn't really look much different at all compared to the previous ones. But I want to get your thoughts on it. I mean, my favourite jersey by far is that can it, the Canada jersey. That maple leaf on the front the of The third that, jersey. Oh my, that black jersey is just, it's amazing. It nah. is something Marty I would never say you were I would never say you're wrong but you're wrong because the Canadian third jersey the all red and the black maple leaf far better no the black oh no black one Dave I mean you can be the you can be the don't say the white because that'll be worse um but what's your thoughts I mean, in terms of the three Canadian jerseys that are there um any of those three what's your favorite one personally uh, I like the black jersey um the reason I like the black jersey is, yes, the logo and everything is really nice. I like the attention to detail. I love the old Maple Leaf logo on the shoulders. The ghosted shoulders. It's sh- like, yeah. yeah, they're doing something. They're making a lot of um, national jerseys are a bit plain where they're going, look at this. You know, we're showing something new, but we're also harking back to the old logos and the shoulders. Um, and it's the fact that they're just shaking it up a bit. I think it's pretty good. Um, I do quite like the high numbers as well, but it seems to be a standard thing with the jerseys from Nike um, on the shoulders, uh, really high up numbers rather than down on the sleeve. I wonder, um, is that a broadcast thing? I wonder, are those yeah. shoulder numbers easier to read for broadcasters? Could be. It looks, and I quite like the way it looks, and then I quite like the choice of um, uh, shade for the red. Um, it makes it making you, you're definitely knowing it's there, if you know what I mean. Um, no, like it yeah um uh, we'll we'll we'll, um definitely tell us your thoughts on what you think is the best one but uh i've got to say i know a certain uh app or website that will be getting hit up at some point to purchase (laughs) one of these jerseys that's all i'll say can i just say as well like the the other ones the other ones are are nice the finland jersey looks it's actually a really really nice finland jersey yeah um the the swedish jersey I'm guessing that's the one you're like. Yeah, it's a Swedish jersey. It's a Swedish jersey. It doesn't like, look any. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's doesn't same. look any different. No, the US jersey is so uninspiring. It's, it's awful. So it is. So that's why gonna... it looks like it looks like a soccer shirt. I or was like an American football shirt. I was going to say exactly the same thing. It does not look. It does. When I look at the USA jersey, it does not say nothing about it. Says hockey. Nothing about it says ice hockey at all. For me, that looks like especially that dark navy one. Um, it's on like the left hand side as you look at the image that dark navy one that looks like a goal tent like a goalie like a football like a soccer goalie like a like it looks like a, it that's, looks like a football jersey it doesn't look like it that's, does- that's the thing that's the thing i don't know what it is and i think this might be what's putting me off is the shape of yeah. the jerseys that they've put on these posts the other ones look like hockey jerseys they look like hockey fit jerseys the usa ones look yeah look like soccer strips they're awful like they, they just look disgusting there's no design in them um yeah horrendous well uh that's the first four anyway that have been released um for the upcoming olympics obviously um they are fast approaching so we will i'm sure over the next coming episodes i'm sure when more are drip fed are drip dripped out uh we'll get to have a look at a few more and we'll we'll see what the others look like come towards the um the start of the olympic games starting definitely um with that then guys unless or actually no sorry i have one other thing and it is jersey related in more than one way because uh, this is something i haven't put in the running order but i'm hoping that you guys will have spotted it on social media over the last week or so new jersey have you seen new jersey's new 
alternate jersey. What now? The first alternate jersey <laughs> no, no, in no, jersey's history. I, 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 this is the one that I that I messaged through to you guys in our group chat. Um, and I, I when I seen it, I was kind of like, is this real? Is someone made this as like a mock up? Is someone? But it's actually real. It, it is actually real. It is, isn't Jersey, it? Jersey, 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 Jersey. <laughs> it's real. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's real. It's, um, it's, we've, seen, we've seen people. My, my now, I've I've seen it in more detail actually today because I watched the YouTube record of one of Kevin Smith's podcasts, and uh-huh. the Devils actually sent him a personalized one. Oh, really? And he opened it on the on uh on the the show. In person, it looks slightly better, but it's still a jersey jersey, and I can't sit right with it. It looks awful. Why they didn't have some sort of legacy do you remember the old white uh jersey jersey with the green Mm. um n on it the like devil horns n that to me shouts more history of the new jersey devils than what a jersey jersey does and i get why they've done it I, i totally get that they're the only team who could put out a jersey jersey but even still it, it's not it's not brilliant um yeah i seen it was the it was the thing that i sent to you guys in our whatsapp group was the um someone had put up a like a a meme of it uh and they put it up it was like jersey and then someone had put up like socks and whatever else like socks shoes because it looks like someone's just naming the, the, the piece of clothing it, it does it does look like someone who just went this is a jersey jersey and it, it does look like that it really does um i'll see what we can find. it's really it's really good but um i i sent you guys a link there actually because um today the penguins also released their third jersey which um is also their retro throwback jersey it's in our chat feature in this new program so if you just want to look for that um but it is the penguins um they they have put out a third jersey as part of um their like heritage retro look or whatever it is um and it's exactly the same it's it's they've took the jersey and they it just says that's, that's no different it just says pittsburgh down it <laughs> again yeah you're right and this i've seen pittsburgh have a jersey like that already i'm i'm nearly convinced mark has one of those I, 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 it looks familiar. It does look familiar, but then it looks familiar because I think it looks also looks like the jersey one. Um, speaking about jerseys and speaking about jerseys that look like other jerseys. Now, I don't know, Dave, you pointed this out and I don't know if this is just a, I don't think this is going to be a jersey. Maybe the, the teams are going to be playing in here in the Elite League. Um, but you noted the fact that obviously the Belfast Giants last week, at the end of last week, put out a, or on their store anyway, on the Belfast Giants store, you could purchase a ugly sweater jersey a belfast giants ugly sweater jersey a christmas themed jersey shall we say uh with the giants logo obviously in the middle and then it's got like a you know like obviously a print of like you know what you would imagine for a christmas jumper kind of thing um but you point out that also then nottingham panthers put up a jersey similar and when i say similar i mean exactly the same, exactly the same <laughs> only with a changed logo um i mean nope. i don't think they're gonna be playing um hopefully not what what is that you're showing us yeah well funny you guys are talking about that and the, the dundee stars tonight have just launched their ugly sweater and again it looks like a carbon copy of everything that we've seen so yeah maybe they're just using the same jersey across the board then this year i don't know um but um yeah. I will, one thing i will say if we're talking about jerseys and we're talking about jerseys for good causes uh the one team and it'll 
kill me a little bit to give props to it is the Nottingham Panthers. Uh, last weekend there, the Nottingham Panthers uh, came out with their Hockey Fights Cancer jersey, um, following the same exa- or following the great example set by NHL teams for the last few years, and absolutely fantastic. And as far as jerseys design goes, it's still a Panthers jersey, and don't want it anywhere near me. But fair shout to them for putting out a, a Hockey Fights Cancer jersey. So fair play, Panthers yep, fair for play. that. One. Yep, definitely fair play to them. Um, guys, I think that's the end of my story for that. And for Knocky News. Okay. That brings us to the end of Knocky News then. There's nothing in the penalty box for Knocky News, uh, which is good. And that brings us on to the star segment. Now, I missed the last podcast. So, I have a bone to pick with you guys. Mm-hmm. So, I took a bit of uh, I took a bit of heat in the last podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, admittedly, the last two podcasts, I uh, <laughs> up until the last minute, Mm-hmm. failed to uh put out the um the tweet now i want to make this point very very clear i wasn't on the last podcast mm-hmm. a poll didn't go out mm-hmm. for the nominations uh, I... that you guys gave in the last one uh-huh yeah but you're, you're but you're the head director of all social media so like you're Lord. Lord. I just, I just what, was what was this lord commander lord, <laughs> lord commander of social media i can't remember <laughs> so just just to make the point that even though like it might not happen till the last minute but when i'm involved i mean stuff still gets done as soon as i step away I, all of our features just just disappear into pure mayhem I, so I, i'd like to just uh, as as current and defending and still defending door 14 star competition champion uh there's no winner from the last podcast um so there is no star to award so and if I'm perfectly honest, I've forgotten who you guys nominated uh, already, even though I did listen in. And you guys know that I did listen in because I sent you a little video proving that I, I did. I, I said hello when you guys said hello to me. Um, it brings us on to the nominations for uh, this podcast stars. And uh, things I've got to be fair, guys, things are looking a bit slim on the, the star nominations. Um there's currently only one written in there, so I'm going to do nope, the usual. No, there's not. There's two. I'm going to give you. I'm, I'm going to give you a second. No, nope, um, that's true because I'm not actually looking at the live document because my iPad was uh, having a hissy fit earlier on. So I'm going to move to the live document now. Uh, so there are two. There are two. Um, I'm going to go with mine first, um, if you don't mind, guys. Um, so my nomination for uh, the Door 14 star this time around is Belfast Giants. Um, if you want to call them second string netminder. Jackson Whistle. Um, it's a, I, I know it's an interest nomination given what we said at the start of the podcast, what I said at the start of the podcast about the weekend just passed. See if I'm perfectly honest, Jackson Whistle was outstanding. I, I'm i I'm the first one to admit that I've been critical of Jackson, um, even in his first stint with the Giants as Murph's backup. I've been critical again of him since he came here. That game against Dundee, that first period in particular, he pulled off two absolutely stunning saves. Um, and it could easily... Now, he's pulled off a whole pile of other ones as well. It could easily have been 3 or 4 nil to Dundee at the end of the first period, or 3 or 4-1. I think the Giants scored one in the first period too. Um, he was absolutely fantastic. And for that reason and that reason alone, that one game alone... He's going to get my star nomination. Uh, Marty, I'll come to you for yours now. Um, can I actually go last? Can you go to Dave next? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Um, Dave, you've gone, uh, you've gone wild. 
Of course I have. Um, they've got they've got something to talk about for a change. Um, so I've gone with uh, Ryan Hartman, um, as I mentioned earlier, is showing some true true leadership. Um, and it's a familiar name. Um, and is uh, as the um, athletic put it, um, he is looking like an all star uh, competitor. Um, early days still, but I think that he might be in for a shout uh, going forward this year, and hopefully we see. Um, him do do fantastically and end up as a as an all star um, and hopefully also into the, into the Olympics. Yep, uh, it's definitely a good shout. Hartman was great when he was with the Preds as well. Uh, I've got to be honest, he was one of the names that I I hated seeing uh, moving away and heading over to the Wild. So, yep, totally understand that. Marty, for reasons unknown, you want to go last. Uh, so here's your chance now. Yep, uh, I'm going last because Mang is also a, little, a tiny little bit of a news feature that would technically fall into our overtime segment um so i'm gonna put it in here anyway just as our start in our star segment instead um there's a little bit of a story to this one so my nomination for this week uh is an unknown name nobody's going to know him um you probably have never even heard of the team uh but it's for a, a player called nelson rigo um who is who was a uh last minute player brought in as a goaltender for a recreational league uh, ice hockey team in Edmonton called the Edmonton, Edmonton Seahawks. Um, now, the reason why I've chosen Nelson Rigo um, is because it's a very unique story. If you haven't seen the story, I'm going to share the link um, with you um, and we'll share the link as usual on our website. Um, but Nelson is registered um severely sight impaired or um in, in 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 other terms blind um and nelson is what's classified as in in canada as 100 percent blind um he plays normally um as part of a um uh, i suppose a, a a league um of sight impaired a sight impairment league um he plays ice hockey for sight impairment league within canada um but the when the team when this recce team um suppose found themselves without a goalie um they put out a plea um online to see if anybody could come and play um and rigo stepped up um and put himself forward to see if he could come in and play uh, what i find really funny is they didn't tell the referee until the puck dropped that their goaltender was actually blind um because really what what could you do but um i suppose the what was interesting about this story is the fact that um he ha- he did have to rely on um, signed as his key means of making sure he knows he knew where the puck was um, and also then he also had his wife um, in the stands shouting out audio instructions as well to let him know what's happening with the game um, it wasn't a washout um, Rigo's team lost 9-8 um, but he hung in there um, massive respect and admiration um, completely for, for this guy and that's the reason why he is my star of this week that's awesome. I, sorry. I, I'm going to be honest. I was actually reading the the news piece about him, and it's absolutely nuts. My favorite part of it is that um, he he made a glove save uh, during the game, but his comment was, "I don't know how that got in there, <laughs> uh, but I made some decent, but I made some decent saves." Yeah, yeah. I'm I sure mean... that's a comment that almost every goalie in every league ever has has also said. <laughs> um, as I say, as I did mention before. Um, this was a i suppose this was an uh a dream of his was to um to play i suppose a childhood dream of his was to play um for a 
a a non side a sided team as is referred to. Um, as I said, he is he does play for the International Blind Ice Hockey Federation. Um, uh, in Canada. Um, and yeah, fair play to him. Um, and yep, that's mine. Yep, great shout. Okay, so um, at that then, there's no fan nomination this time around. So uh, there's just the three. So just to recap very quickly, uh, my nomination is the Belfast Giants' Jackson Whistle. Uh, Dave's is the Minnesota Wilds' Ryan Hartman. And uh, Marty's is Edmonton Seahawks' Nelson Rigo. And there we go. That's the, the star nominations. Uh, I do have a diary reminder set for uh, Thursday next week to uh, put out the star competition because Twitter only lets you let the poll run for seven days. Um, so we'll throw it out next Thursday um, for everyone. It gives you time to have a listen to the podcast, uh, have a look at the links that we're going to put online for each of them uh, and make your decision. Uh, Marty, that takes us on through then. That's the end of the stars. Uh, thanks, John. Yep. Our overtime segment is a usually just a, any other stories or any other bits and pieces that have been sent in by anybody, any of our listeners or any other stories that didn't fit in anywhere else. But we didn't really have much um, or we didn't have anything before recording. Um, what we do is stay in, um, in keeping with the same uh, vein of what happened in our last podcast. Uh, we have a question in from a very familiar name. Um uh, and I'm sure you'll you'll know this name. Um, I can't remember his Twitter handle. I think it's at Iron Brew. Well, say at Iron Brew anyway, because I think Iron it is. Brew, yeah. yeah, at Iron Brew. Yep. Sounds familiar. Um, hi, big fan. Uh, thanks, 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 Iron Brew. Uh, if you could go back and re-experience any game for the first time, what game would it be and why? Um, I think it's a really good question. Uh, Dave, let's go with you first. Uh, one game, if you could re-experience for the first time, what would it be? only picking one's difficult like um can i do a runner-up and the one i would want to relive uh sure yeah so my, my runner-up would be the giants winning the playoffs when we were there it was unreal um fantastic evening um but the one i would want to relive is the challenge cup win in the dundonald ice bowl it was like I don't know. There was what two thousand people squeezed into that building, and when they when the, the the final whistle went and the screams that came out, you thought the roof was going to explode. Um, I don't think I've been at a game with an atmosphere like that uh, before or since. Um, it was like nothing I'd ever experienced. Um, there was um, like it was to the point where there was people almost falling over the. Um, the barriers and everything it was just very old school hockey um, and, and it was um, and it was a, a very proud that I was able to be there for that um, and I even be able to get a ticket because I know there's an awful lot of fans couldn't get tickets um, and it was uh, probably a defining moment as a fan and I'm sure some of those guys when they won it was probably a defining moment of their, their careers um, that was with Thorts um, with his first stint as coach um, I believe and you know, I'm sure that's got a big reason why he's still knocking about. Yeah, yeah, that's a good choice. Um, I think that's definitely, yeah, I think that's a perfect choice. Um, it's probably one of the ones I was, I would have in my head too. Um, but I'll, I'll go with mine last. Uh, John, let's go with you next. Uh, one game, uh, and why? I'm going to do the same as Dave. I'm going to give you two. I'm going to go with a like an honourable mention and the one that I would actually go with. My honourable mention would have to be my first. NHL game um, and that was in Montreal and I wouldn't change what rank arena I know I'm a Preds fan and it wasn't a Preds game but going into that old school 
like I call it old school, it's city centre arena with so much history. Like that was and just because it was my first NHL game, um, it was absolutely amazing. Um, and if I could relive that again, uh, I absolutely would. But probably my go-to game to relive again, and if you gave me the option, I'd maybe try and do it sober, is the year that, I think it was the first year that I was going to the Giants and we won the league. And it was, I think, the last year that Monty was awarded to us before, was it Was it Sheffield still have Monty when they got it? Or is it Nottingham? Mm-hmm. Um, but that that last year, and that was, I think, the first season of McCool's. And there's still photos of the three of us, at least, all being handed Monty by Jeff Suez and taking swaths of what I think was beer. Um, but by the time it had gone through as many fans as it had, you certainly couldn't be doing that in COVID days. Um, <laughs> I'd maybe and the game itself because it we won it that night mm-hmm. at that game. As far as I remember, we we won it and we won the trophy that night. It was awarded on the ice that night, or was it awarded maybe a couple of nights the next game, maybe um, whatever it was. I was that drunk, but it would be nice to remember it like actually in full. Um, but I would. I don't know, maybe take water out of Monty just to enjoy it uh, instead. But yeah, I would I would go back and I would relive that moment. Yep. Um, that's I still had long hair and everything in that, those pictures. You weird. do? Yep. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I'm going to then stick with, I'm going to do the same as you guys and I'm going to I'm going to do a, a notable runner-up and then my, my chosen um, game that I would go back to. Uh, my notable, and again, my notable one is also a, a bit soppy and sentimental, so I apologize for this, but like uh, I'd say same vein as you, John. It would be my first NHL game experience. Um, n- not just because of the game itself. I suppose the whole experience around the game. Um, uh, it was just it was just a different, a whole different world when you get to go to that first NHL game for the first time. But also getting to go to that first NHL game with you guys um, was a massive thing, and it was just such a like a it was such like. Again, not to sound soppy and sentimental, but like it was a special. It felt like a special game to be at and to experience that for the first time with you, with with you three. Um, definitely will stand out for me, and I, I would go back to that in a heartbeat. I would go back to that. Um, my main though, my my choice when it comes to an actual game for, I guess for how how I felt during the game, how I felt as the game was progressing right to the point where the game finished um, would be, Dave's already mentioned it, the playoff championship in 2010 where the Belfast Giants won the championship in Nottingham. Um, it was a, the weekend itself was a great weekend as an experience, but the game and I suppose my, what my body went through, I suppose, through that whole game was <laughs> just like, I mean, I think at one point I had to sit down towards the end of the game because I, I just, my legs went to jelly and I was just like, when we head when we head towards those penalties, I was just, I couldn't, uh, you know what I'm like when it comes to penalties, you know, hiding under my jersey and it was just, the whole experience was just out of this world. Um, sometimes I think, do I want to go back and experience that lightheaded feeling and that, that dizziness that i was having when i had to sit down but i wouldn't i, I would totally go back um that was a, a fantastic game and i would go back to that moment at any time can i throw out one that we can probably all agree that we would go back and watch again the conti cup in belfast the conti cup final the last game 
against um, Augsburger, mm. and we were again went to penalties. We were that close. Never known the SSE to be as loud. No. Never. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Also fantastic. That was an experience. Yeah, no, that was a good one. Well, Aaron, we hope that answered your question for you. Or Aaron Brew, sorry, not Aaron. Aaron Brew, yeah. Get away. Uh, hopefully that answered the question for you. Um, if you guys, uh, anybody else out there has a question you want to put to us um, to answer, um, please do so. Um, you can get in touch with us in all the usual ways on all the social media channels, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Door14Hockey. Uh, check out our rest of our, po- check out any of our other podcasts, content and stuff that's in our podcasts on our website, Door14Hockey.com. Um, you're obviously listening to this podcast on one platform, whatever that platform of choice may be, but we're on all platforms now. Um, uh, smart speakers and everything else um i don't think there's any platform that we're not on um so check us out uh, if you are listening to us on um itunes leave us a review five stars preferably um let us know your thoughts on the podcast uh or anything that helps us supposedly pleases the algorithm i suppose and gets us noted a bit more and people listening a bit more um get us seen a bit better um so please do so um i don't think we have anything else for this week Nope. Uh, so with that then we'll just sign off for this week. I'm Marty. And Dave. I'm John. Have a great week.